Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, I just thank you, God, for your people. Thank you, God, for the body of Christ, Lord. How blessed it is for brothers and sisters to dwell in unity, like the precious oil coming down from Aaron's beard, Father. I just want to thank you, God. I pray, God, you'd help me over the next few moments to deliver your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I was praying in the spirit recently and I just felt as though God wanted me to thank him for the people that he had put into my life. You know, God sends servants to each one of us, messengers, people that represent Jesus, that bring Jesus to us so that there can be change in our lives. And, you know, some of them might be on YouTube. Some of them might be on podcast, but the ones that really hit home are, are the ones that God brings us into family fellowship with, the people that are a part of our daily lives, who get to know us intimately so that we can grow in discipleship, amen? So I'm grateful for that today, and I hope you are too. I just want to talk for a few moments tonight about God's power to change. You know, there's power in Jesus to change. You say, well, I've tried this and I've tried this and I've tried this. Is this another one of those self-help programs? Is this another behavior modification? Will I start to feel good? Give me the steps. No. Jesus was anointed by the Father to come in to each one of us and to change us. When, when Paul the Apostle had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was never the same. God knows how to catch us right in our tracks. He knows how to stop us in our tracks. He knows how to arrest us, so to speak. I mean, no, Paul was arresting Christians. God arrested him the Bible says that a great light shone and it got Paul's attention. Amen? You know, one of the ways that we change, Jesus, the Bible says, is the light of the world. And when his light begins to shine upon us, the Bible says he is the light of men. In him was life. And that light was the light of men. And the darkness couldn't comprehend it the darkness could not overcome that light and whatever darkness we're living in whatever darkness or bondage that has a hold of a certain area of our lives the bible says that jesus is the light of man and that that light will overcome the darkness that is in our lives 
Darkness comes through sin. It comes through corruption. It comes through the tear. It comes through the working of the evil one. And it comes into each one of our lives. But Jesus, the Bible says, came to destroy the works of the devil and he can bring lasting change into our lives when we receive him. You know, I was thinking about um, the way that I came to know Jesus personally was through a ministry called Teen Challenge. And initially, the, the program was started by David Wilkerson and they called it Teen Challenge because of the of the great need in the inner cities with the gangs. But when I was at the, at the center in Syracuse, New York, there were people there not just with addiction problems, not just with crime problems. There were several men there that had, that had had nervous breakdowns, that had had total, totally, their lives had just completely fallen apart. And someone told them, that this was a program that could help them and that could bring change into their lives. Do you know they have a 70% long-term success rate for people that come into the program? That means that there is 70% success for victory over addiction. I'm talking about drugs. I'm talking about crack cocaine. I'm talking about heroin. Jesus brings change. Hallelujah. There's power in his name to bring change, uh, change because he breaks the chains, you see. The Father, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us. He's conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son. The Father delivered us. He broke the bondage of darkness over each one of us. And now we dwell in the light of his love. John told us that when he saw Jesus, he fell as a dead man would. He said that his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and that his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance, watch this now, was like the sun shining in its strength. You see, we can't encounter the son of the living God and not be changed. He is the light of the world. There is a light coming from his presence, and it's penetrating, and it's powerful, and it breaks through the darkness that's in our lives. John, uh, John said in his epistle, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. So Paul came on that road to Damascus. He had letters in his hand from the Sanhedrin. He was going into houses and dragging Christians off and dragging them into prison. Can you imagine a, a little family sitting there in a hut? and eating dinner, and here comes Paul, grabbing them by the back of the shirt, dragging them into prison. He was murdering Christians. The Bible says that when Stephen was stoned, that Paul was standing by, consenting to his death, and that the men that threw the stones that murdered him came and brought the clothing and laid it at Saul's feet. This is the man that wrote the majority of the New Testament. 
Saul of Tarsus. I love it. There is such hope for you and for me. And if you're discouraged tonight, if there's a bondage in your life, if there's a temptation that's dogging your tracks, God, there is power today in Jesus' name to bring change. Hallelujah. You won't stay the same if you encounter the Son of the living God. You can't stay the same when you're his pres in His presence because the Bible says that in His presence we are transformed even from glory to glory as in a mirror as we uh, behold the glory of the Lord. We are changed in His presence. Hallelujah. So Paul said, I am, in 1 Timothy, he said, I am chief of sinners. And he said, what God did in me is to be a pattern to everyone else who believes on him for righteousness. You say, well, I'm not a murderer. Yes, but there was sin in your life, and that sin in your life is what brought the darkness. That sin in your life is what brought the bondage. And when the light comes, it breaks the power of sin, and righteousness comes. And there's change. Go with me to Galatians chapter 1. See, I don't have the strength to lay it down. I've tried to lay that sin down. I've tried in my own strength. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. Thank you, Lord, that there's power at your feet, that there's power in the cross that there's power over sin. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Paul had come into a place in his life. Notice he says, I'm an apostle, not from men or through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. When God brings change into our life, when we encounter the living God, we begin to see and understand that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We begin to see the touch of God in the things that we do. We begin to see God guiding us, leading us, showing us His way in our lives. Not through the power of man, but through the power of God. We begin to live. Paul said, I live now by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. But there was a rescue operation here. Some translations read that he might rescue us from this present evil age. I would just like to say that in God's view, the age that we're living in right now is evil. And that the age we're living in right now is evil because of sinful men. Because sin is alive in the earth and men are walking in sin. And that is what brings evil upon the earth. But the Bible says that Jesus delivered us. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us. So God removed the sin out of Paul's life. He cleansed him. There is cleansing power in the cross of Jesus Christ. There is, forget, there is the ability to forget 
and remember no more in the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west and he's going to remember them no more. And he doesn't want you to remember them anymore either. There is freedom. There is change in the cross of Jesus Christ. But that old devil, you know, he, he likes to stick around and cause trouble and wreak havoc in our lives. Go with me to uh, Zechariah chapter 2. Because there's a picture of the change here and the hindrance to that change. Zechariah, thank you, Paul. Uh, Zechariah chapter 3. Now, let me know that, that the enemy's not just going to stand by and let you just go ahead with your plan for change. He's going to oppose you. He's going to buffet you. He's going to tempt you. He's going to accuse you. But glory to God, the Bible says that the Lord rebuke him because you are chosen before God. You're a brand plucked from the fire. God has chosen you. God, with his great mighty hand, has grabbed you, a brand right out of the fire, and he plucked you right out. Because the Bible says that Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He is our deliverer because, listen, there is wrath coming upon the earth, the Bible says, for the sins of the punishment of the disobedient men, for the sins of mankind. But Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. He plucked you out. He delivered you. He chose you. And nothing will remove you from his hand. And then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Who's he talking about there? He's talking about Joshua, the high priest. Satan, listen. When you go to accuse, listen, when, when, when he's accusing you, listen, you need, to, you need to realize, listen, God has chosen me. He predestined me, Ephesians 1, to be adopted as a son in his house. This, my place in the kingdom of God is God's idea. The Bible says that it was according to his good pleasure that he took me out of the world, that he took me out of sin, that he took me out of darkness and brought me into the light. He did it out of his good pleasure because he loved me, because he chose me. He plucked me out. So when the devil stands to accuse you, you need to know that God has chosen you. And the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. And then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity before you, from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, now this is Zechariah talking, I love this. Let them put a clean turban on his head. Zechariah said, you know what, Lord? I want to get involved on this. You see Joshua here with those filthy garments 
and you've decided that those filthy garments don't belong on your servant. How many know that Joshua is a priest who stood before the Lord and the priest represents the people? This represents the sin of Israel as they went into captivity, a Babylonian activity. They, captivity, they came and they took the Israelites. Why? Because sin had entered the land. But God said, listen, I'm going to remove those filthy garments. I'm going to remove that sin. So Zechariah, a prophet of God, said, you know what, Lord? This is a good idea. Let's not stand by and accuse them. How many know, listen, we need to be, God has called us to be healers. Take heed lest you fall. 1 Corinthians 10. The Bible says, let me just read this to you real quick. This got me this week. Do you know that the Bible says that we are to restore one another when, when, when we're weak and when we fall into sin? We, God doesn't want us to judge one another. Now, we can make judgments about sin. We can say, yes, that is sinful. Yes, that is right. Yes, that is wrong. I'm not saying that we can't. Some people say, well, you can't judge. No, I, may, I can make a judgment. I can say God's word says that, and God's word says that that's sin. And God's word says that that's wrong. And, unfor- and, and you have fallen into that sin, but I'm here to help you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to bring you back to the Lord. But step one is, is recognizing the sin. And yes, I know I'm playing with words, but that means making a judgment, yes, about right and wrong. Therefore, 1 Corinthians 10, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We have to take heed lest we fall. Let us not judge one another. Let's get in the business of cleaning people up. Of bringing people, of of seeing people the way God sees them. Zacharias had put a clean turban on his head. And the angel of the Lord, verse 6, admonished Joshua saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge in my courts. I'll give you places to walk among these who stand here. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, For they are a wondrous sign. Amen. For behold, I'm bringing forth my servant, the branch. Now, prophetically speaking, this is, it's very clear that this is a clear picture, the branch, Jesus, the righteous one, Jesus, who has the ability to remove sin from his people. So God has chosen us. God has plucked us from the fire. God has delivered us from the wrath to come. Notice it says here that God wants to put us in a place of authority in his kingdom. He said, Joshua, you're going to judge my court. God has authority for you now. God has a place for you now. And the Bible says here, I've got places for your feet to walk. God has places for you to go in God. God has a plan for your life now. And Oh, gosh. I forgot about Satan. A friend of mine lives in Marcy. He calls him Scratch. He says he won't even call him by his surname. 
he calls him Scratch because he doesn't want to give him too much attention. Okay? Because, listen, when we realize what God has for us and when we realize who we are in Christ, we don't have a lot of time for the devil. He might be standing by to do his thing, but we, we don't want to give him too much attention because that's what he likes. When we give him a lot of attention, we fall right into his trap. Let us move on in the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So I just want to identify three ways that God brings power into our lives to change. Is that okay? No yawning over there. Number one, God brings change into our lives when we identify with his son, Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that this great sinner, the, the Saul of Tarsus, penned one of the most beautiful things ever written in 1 Corinthians 13? He talks about what the love of God is. Can you say amen? The love of God. And God wants to create a culture for his church, his people. And that culture is a culture of love. And I would just encourage you in your, in your reading time just to read 1 Corinthians 13 and see what, what God had done in Paul. Uh, kindness, uh, gentleness, long-suffering, patience, believing all things, hoping all things, love never fails. This is what God puts into the heart of you and me when we receive Jesus Christ. Amen? But how does that power work? Listen, it works through identification. There is power for change. In First Ephesians chapter 1, Paul encourages the believers. He says, listen, verse 19, I want you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power Toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Now, this is a lot of words here. Listen. Just listen. I've got power. God says, I've got power. And I want you to have my power in your life. But I need you to see how it works. Okay? And he begins this as a prayer. I pray that for a spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of him, I want you... To know what's the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. It's according to the working of his mighty power, right? Okay, how's that power work? Verse 20. When he worked, when he worked in Christ, pardon me, I wrote in pen over it. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. He gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the Bible says that God's power was demonstrated and worked when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him over all the principalities and powers. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? Chapter 2, verse 1, and you. Find somebody in the room and point to him. Say, you. And you. He made alive who were dead 
in trespasses and sins. So when we identify with what happened to Jesus on the cross, that power to change comes into my life. Somebody say amen. This is how it works, church. This is how we get the power of God to transform our lives. It's the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Excuse me, it's the power of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we identify with that death and with that resurrection, we begin to walk in the power of the resurrected life of God. That's power to change. That's power to live a life like Jesus lived before the Father. What kind of power is it? Well, let me give you one more example. In 1 Peter, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible talks about his divine power. Do you want divine power today? I do. No, that's yeah, okay. You, you can go home without it. I'm serious. We need the power of God in our lives. We need power to change. We need power to walk with God. 2 Peter chapter 1. As his divine power has given to us all things. Say all things. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may become the part partakers or that another translation says that you might share the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The power of God is brought into our lives through the promise of the divine nature. God says, I never intended for people to be like they are. Uh, we were reading a book by e e e Ian W. Thomas about the life of Christ, and he said, the Bible says that God created man in his own image. And they said, imagine there's some aliens on another planet. And they said, I want to see what God looks like. He created human beings in his own image. So if we see human beings, we can get a look at what God looks like. And these aliens in this alien ship, they dropped right down in the, in, in the middle of New York City. And they get off their alien craft and they see somebody passed out in the middle of the street with a fentanyl needle hanging out. They see gangs uh, beating up one another. They see people cheating. They see people stealing. They see married men looking at women walking by, lusting after one another. And they say, these are the people that God created in his own image? No, no, sin is at work in the world. But you see, that's not, but you see, in Christ, there's power to change. Hallelujah. In Christ, there's power to receive the divine nature so that you and I can be like God. You see, in the garden, people didn't have to go to church. They didn't, there was no church in the garden. There were no offerings of worship in the garden. Adam and Eve fellowshiped with God in the garden. They were created in his own image and his own likeness. But the Bible says in Galatians 1 that, that, that the sign of this time, the characteristic of this time, is that it's evil. 
because of sin. Well, listen, God wants to bring change into our lives by putting His divine nature right inside of us. How many of there's power there? The Bible says that it's divine power. That's power to change in Jesus' name. The word power there, uh, dynamis, it's where we get the English words dynamite, dynamic. Power through God's ability. The ability to perform. I am able. You say, well, I'm not able. I've been wrestling with these things in my life for years. Listen, you're not supposed to be able. God's power is supposed to be able. He is able. I am able through his enabling ability. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Where is it? According to the power. Where does it work? That works within us. The divine nature. So we have to identify with Jesus. We have to understand that the old man died. And that the new man is alive. The Bible says to put him on. I already covered number two. We behold his presence, the light of God. In his presence, there's transformation. There's change. And then thirdly, the word of God. In the book of James, he says, listen, when we behold his word, when his word comes to us, it's like a mirror. And it shows us the imperfections in our lives. It shows us the things that are not like God in our lives. But we can't leave that mirror and forget the way, excuse me, forget the way we looked in that mirror. We've got to take that word and we've got to put it into practice and change comes into our lives. Father, we thank you for your power to change. Lord, we thank you, God, for your spirit that brings change into our lives. The spirit of God, the nature of God. Help us, Lord, to realize our place in you. Paul prayed that I might know him in the fellowship of his suffering, power of his resurrection, being conformed to his death, that I might know him, know him intimately, know him by experience, that we would remain in him. There's power in him to change. And I, I just felt like God was reminding me, stay home, stay in him, abide in Christ. It's in Jesus where we belong. It's in Jesus where there's freedom. It's in Jesus where there's power to change. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry, and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.